What's happening and welcome in to that being said podcast with the Jour brothers. Today we are talking some NFL wild, super wild card weekend. My apologies. I got to throw in the super and uh, it's it was an exciting weekend and I'm excited to talk about it. I'm your co-host, Sammy Jour. And I'm George Arjour. Welcome into today's episode. Uh, Sammy, man, yeah, that was a super weekend as you, uh, I, I can't believe you almost forgot to say it because... <sighs> A lot of football, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of bad quarterbacks, but uh, a lot of good quarterbacks as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say there's a lot of there's, bad, there's very interesting bad quarterback you know? play is what I meant. Okay, to say. there we go. I was gonna, I was gonna have a little bit of a rebuttal to start, and I was like, I don't know. There's some decent cards. Some of the bad named quarterbacks played well, so it was very interesting. Um, you guys can find us everywhere. At pod that for our podcast, uh, at pod that on Twitter and uh, Instagram. And you can find the Sports on Tap, our brand, um, at the Sports on Tap on all platforms and at the Sports on Tap.com. Uh, and you can find me and George anywhere on social, me- social media. George is at George on Tap, and I am Sammy on Tap, and that's S A M I on Tap. Um, George. We're talking about doing a little bit of a, you know, from the from last night's game, the Brown Steelers, one of maybe the most surprising games of the week with everything that went down. Um, we're going to go from there and go backwards. And for our fans that know us out of Seattle, we're going to leave the Seattle Seahawks game for a little bit of a longer talk all the way at the end of this. But we're going to start with that Browns Ravens or Brown Steelers, I mean. And uh, I, I don't, first of all, I guess we got to backtrack and talk about the fact that they practice once this week on Friday. Um, Juju Smith Schuster said the Browns will be the Browns. You have no head coach. You have offensive linemen missing. Um, and somehow it starts off a little bit of a, the Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl esque where the ball snapped over Peyton Manning said this time, Ben Roethlisberger, two old quarterbacks that maybe a younger quarterback would have caught that if they, you know, had, had some vert, but I, I I I don't think LeBron James in his prime could have caught that. <laughs> that, snap. Snap. that was a pretty bad snap. But I mean, yeah, the snap was horrible. But the snap uh, was horrible. But that's how the Browns game starts with no coach, no practice, basically all week. Twenty years, almost. I guess what is it? Nineteen years of pl- no playoffs, not winning a playoff game since nineteen ninety five or ninety four. May ninety five, January of ninety five. It's been 26 years. Wow. Yeah. It's been that long. It's been misery in Cleveland outside, outside of LeBron James being in Cleveland, winning a championship. If he didn't have that, we would be talking 50, 60 years of misery in Cleveland. And we have the Browns kick off the game with the snap over the head touchdown. And it was weird because the last thing I expected George to start a playoff game was, Hey, really like catching a break for the Cleveland Browns. Cause usually it goes the opposite. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that game basically, like if you want to sum it up in a quick, quick manner, is everything went right for Cleveland. It was like role reversal, right? A Cleveland team, as you said, it's been full of misery, full of bad luck, full of bad things happening to them. They went out and did it the other way. Everything went perfectly. Everything went smoothly. Everything went according to better than plan. And I mean, 
when you go up, you know, 28 nothing, I think in the first quarter, I don't know if it was early second by the time it was 28 nothing. First. But it was still first quarter. You, I mean, you cannot ask for a more dreamy start for Cleveland. Um, ben Roethlisberger, by the way, uh, you you wonder sometimes if the ball didn't go over his head. Could they, the game gone differently? I don't I don't know. I mean, it seemed like Cleveland was more focused, more determined, and a better football team than the Pittsburgh Steelers from the get go. They seemed like they cared more about the game, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger really didn't even show any effort trying to recover that fumble. Kind of people gave Cam Newton a hard time back in the day when he didn't go after a fumble. I mean, Big Ben acted like it was like an atomic bomb about to go off. He was he had nothing to do with that football. And in general, man, that I'm going to defend Big Ben on that. So, like, or defend him, like, like the fact that him and James Conner literally looked at each other eye to eye, and James Conner dove on it. Like, at the end of the day, guess what happens when multiple people dive on the ball? Usually, it plops out. To be honest, it was a pretty easy recovery for James Conner if he didn't slip under his feet. So for me, it was. I'm like. I'm 50-50 on those. At the end of the day, if Ben Rosberger dove on it while James Conner got it and then Rosberger like tears his ACL, we'd be like, he should have just let Conner pick up the ball. Yeah, so yeah, I feel like there's a lot still, of there was, like, It didn't seem like there was effort. That's all I'm saying. There was definitely effort. I, I hate when people say that because he went from the 20-yard line all the way to the one-yard line. It's not like he just looked at it. He sprinted as fast as Ben Rosberger can, which is not very it's fast. It's not that fast. Yeah, but he sprinted as fast as he could. Right. Actually, I don't want to argue about his effort here. So, like, the point is the game went for the way of the Cleveland Browns. And, I mean, that was the best performance you could possibly have. Baker Mayfield looked like a leader. He looked like even when the game got – especially when the game got tight there, what, in the middle, beginning of a fourth quarter, about 12, 13 minutes left, he put up the drive of the game and just killed killed them. He literally did. And – uh some people might say, oh, the, he made the easy throws. Well, I know a lot of quarterbacks can't make those easy throws and don't make those e- easy throws. And uh, to be fair to Baker, as much as criticized as he was for doing all the commercials this year, which is still my least favorite hot take, is these quarterbacks shouldn't do commercials because – or they can't play quarterback for some shit like that. He he really came to play. He's been fantastic the last eight, nine, ten weeks of the season. And he's 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 a fran- he's a franchise quarterback. I mean, plain and simple. Whether you like him or don't like him, he got the job done. Baker Mayfield, and by the way, three quarterbacks from that rookie draft class that were drafted in the first round this weekend won a playoff game. Um, everyone thought that Sam Darnold might have been the best one. Uh, he seems like he's the worst one. <laughs> so. Um, and to be fair, last last point on that, the Jets and Browns are both shitty organizations. Baker took a shitty organization, and I'm not saying he elevated it by himself, but he, he's been part of the solution, while Sam Darnold hasn't been part of a solution in New York. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say one thing. Shockingly, you said uh, everyone thought Sam Darnold might be the best quarterback in that draft, which is kind of true because yeah. if you obviously go through the – the picks, you know, Rosen didn't go till ten. You had oh my uh, god, I forgot Rosen was in that draft yeah. too. <laughs> and there was a lot. There was a lot of quarterbacks in that draft. You had uh, Lamar Jackson all the way at thirty-two. Um, yeah, it was. You know, a lot of people had uh, you know Sam Darnold at number one, and shockingly, for one time in the history of Cleveland sports, they didn't take the guy that was number one, and they actually made the 
right choice, it looks like, in Baker Mayfield. So it's kind of crazy that that happened. Everyone thought that Baker Mayfield was a stretch at number one, which you can say it still is, but at the same time, nobody knew Lamar Jackson at 32 would be this good. Otherwise, they would have taken him, and nobody knew Josh Allen would be this good. Otherwise, they would have taken him. So as much as Baker might still be the third best out of those guys, um, Cleveland made the right choice. It's working for what it is. And uh, interestingly enough, George, with all that said, is that Baker Mayfield is still the oldest out of those three quarterbacks. And he is the oldest remaining quarterback in the AFC playoffs, which is pretty yeah, insane at 25 years told old. me that, I was pretty surprised to even hear that. But, I mean, he is. So it yeah, is, it's pretty it's cool. A good what sign it- for the AFC. It's a good sign for the future of that conference and the future of what the playoffs are going to be. I mean, you have all these young quarterbacks that are – only going to get better, and you still have Justin Herbert in that conference. You still have two attack of Lavoa, however you say it, in that conference. You have a lot of good young quarterbacks in that Sean AFC. Sean Watson? Yeah, I don't know if he – we don't know where he's going to get – he might get traded. I'm, I'm not going to yeah, add him. Yeah, he could like, be. I know where he is. But he's also – I feel like he is young, but he's not like rookie young, right? He's 25. I mean, he's the I same, he has the same age as Baker. Mahomes. And Baker. And Baker. It's kind of weird. Um, I was going to say one thing. Uh in regards to man, there was some, Oh, with the Steelers still is the only thing I feel like the Steelers had this coming to them. Like I'm all for shit talk, George. I'm all for talking smack before games, after games, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But I feel like the Steelers have, they've taken this, like trying to be tough mindset and taken it too far where they're like, like Juju, he's a wide receiver. I don't think you need to say the Browns will be the Browns in a press conference after you lost to them and then you're about to face them in the playoffs. I don't really understand. I understand talking tough. I understand talking shit on the field. I never understood the reason behind the Browns or behind the Steelers just trying to like make all these dumb comments about the Browns after losing to them and knowing they're going to play them. And then even today, Chase Claypool on TikTok live, because you know, the Steelers love their TikTok Mm -hmm. on TikTok live was like, yeah, we had a bad game. Doesn't matter because the Browns are going to get smacked by the Chiefs. And I'm like, why is that what goes to your mind? Like, as it, I just don't like it. I feel like at the end of the day, like, instead of saying, yeah, it's a bad loss, Browns are going to get smacked, maybe you should be a little more upset at the fact that you lost. And that's maybe a generational sure. problem, but I, I'm not a big fan of the, of the Pittsburgh Steelers' uh, recent mindset. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times you, inv- you take – over the personality of your head coach. And uh, that's kind of what happens in the National Football League. And I'm not saying he's like unbuttoned or whatever. I like Mike Tomlin. But Mike Tomlin is maybe the most quotable head coach in the NFL. He always has a good quote. He always kind of takes gets a uh, – he always takes over the press conference. I, I like Mike Tomlin a lot. But sometimes Mike Tomlin's also not very loose. Uh, we've seen that coaching staff fight people before when they had Joey Porter on there. We see Mike Tomlin get in trouble once for looking like he was about to trip a Baltimore Raven player running down the sideline. Just like the head coach is not is pre- kind of loose, you know, he's pretty fun. Same with the organization. Now he's a tough guy, <laughs> and but they're on loose organization. We've seen him produce Antonio Brown into the human that Antonio Brown became. Actually, but you have to give him credit for handling Antonio Brown. He tamed Antonio Brown somehow. But like you said, though, maybe the organization has caused some of these guys to uh, almost be too loose, so to say. And I mean, Antonio um, Brown's been pretty quiet in 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 uh, Tampa, so it seems like if you you tell him there's no there's no. 
no fuckery here that he's not going to fuck around. And it could be a little bit about how his relationship is, how people's relationships are with their quarterback in Big Ben. And I'm not trying to criticize Big Ben. He's he's a two Super Bowl winner. But, you know, you see a guy like Le'Veon Bell now um, for some reason in Kansas City, like you just don't hear a peep. But under under Big Ben and Mike Tomlin, you heard a lot of peeps. You heard to be Antonio to be Brown. fair to be fair. It's easier to make a peep when you're actually good. He's Le'Veon Bell sucks for right now. Yeah, I mean, but he, he he like he was their starter for the last two weeks of the season. I mean, oh, at the yeah, end of the yeah, day, yeah, he, I know. at that I, I, he does suck right now. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, he you know he's. He's one of their backs. I mean, he had 15 carries week 15 in their win against uh, New Orleans. So, I mean, that's I mean that was a big matchup too. So, Le'Veon Bell's quiet now under Patrick Mahomes. Antonio Brown mm-hmm. is quiet under uh, Tom Brady. But you still have Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool talking up a storm uh, under the Big Ben, Mike Tomlin era. So, I don't know if it goes to what you're saying with like a loose coach, but it could also be a mix with like the loose coach, loose quarterback too. Because Big Ben is known for – threatening retirements and being a little loose with his words as well. Um, but overall, I will say, George, I'm just really happy for this Cleveland Browns team and Cleveland Browns oh, fans. Same here. I'm a bandwagon. I even saw this on Seahawks Reddit today is everyone like Seahawks fans becoming Browns fans. And I think the reason that would happen is the reason I became a Browns fan. One, I do like Baker Mayfield, but you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks I like, and I don't usually like buy a hat of that team with the Browns. It's because, they remind me of the Seattle Mariners. I kind of enjoyed seeing them kind of overcome their misery recently. And it's good to just see them get a win. And, and they do have some of the freshest jerseys in the NFL with that white top, orange pants, orange helmet. I can't lie. It's it's pretty it's a pretty sweet look. I, I agree there. And last question. We don't have to go long on this one because I don't really have a long one. But is this it for Ben, ben Roethlisberger? Is he retiring or will he be back next year uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers? He'll be back. It's going to be a little okay. farvish with like, you know, I retire. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Let me see. Like if I have a – here, actually, I'll, I'll make a bold prediction on it. If there's fans, he'll be back. If there's not, I think he's going to hang it up because I think he's mm, – be fueled by. I think he'll be fueled by like – and I think same for Drew Brees actually. I think they'd be fueled by like getting one last season with like fans. But if, if it's another empty season, I don't know if they would uh fair fair enough um if that's the case i'm uh, like i want to root for fans to come back but uh i'm fucking sick and tired of watching drew Brees and ben roethlisberger play football so Why? uh because both of them look first of all drew Brees, i've never seen anyone execute six yard outs as well as he does but i'm tired of watching the six yard outs and dump offs to alvin kamara and then people want to tell me drew Brees is good i mean we'll transition to that game and same with ben roethlisberger he's just not that good of a decision maker anymore he forces the ball i mean people want to say oh my god he had 500 yards most of them that yesterday were in garbage time and he threw four interceptions so i think i want to see both of them hang it up i just i think the i think the saints with a dynamic quarterback and the Steelers of a dynamic quarterback would be better teams with a more dynamic and better quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying you put in uh, you know, any quarterback back there and they're better than those guys, but I think those guys are now the epitome of average in the NFL. Yeah. I, the reason I don't want Rubies to retire is I think that's going to mean a couple of years of Taysom Hill Twitter and I'm just not prepared. Well, I, I was hoping they bring in Jameis. So that, that was, that's kind of like the whole thing with me there. And there is a report this weekend that Sean Payton yeah, thinks he's a quarterback of the future. 
I do. I know, but I don't care about those reports because Taysom Hill, Champagne also quote unquote said at the beginning of this year, when Taysom signed his contract extension, it's with the promise that he is succeeding Drew Brees. And guess what he did no, this year? When that's the- not true. He said he'll have an opportunity to. Okay, He's not gonna great. And guess what, George? When the opportunity was presented to to itself this year, what did everyone guarantee? Everyone, there wasn't even. First of all, what's I'm, funny? I'm, what's funny is we didn't even think what. No, no, I, I was getting. I was. You say it with such sureness. It, it's a three day game sample size. Like, yeah, maybe he'll play, but he's okay. gonna. He sucks. He's gonna end up okay. not being the quarterback. When the time actually came, when we got the sample, the mm-hmm. sample was that Sean Payton will pick mm-hmm. Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston. The opportunity finally showed up. So it's not just like a oh no, he just said that. No, he did that. Yeah. And I don't. I don't care what we think about Taysom Hill sucking. I hate watching Taysom Hill. You hate it too. But they won games, and he was playing pretty decent. As of now, yes. he has it over Jameis. Yeah, I maybe I disagree, but I, I I trust the reports that that's what Sean Payton would do, and I think he'd use Taysom Hill in the same role he does now. That's just what I think. I don't know the reports. You don't know the well, reports. Why would you not start Jameis this year? Because I think in a three or four game sample size, when you don't have a whole season to win, I think putting in someone like Taysom Hill at quarterback and having this weird like dynamic thing, we've seen it work with Vince Young, we've seen it work with Tim Tebow, we've seen it work when a quarterback who you have no tape on and is not a traditional drop back and pass quarterback, even the Wildcat worked for like for a couple months in the NFL. Like when you have something weird, I actually think it's very effective for three, four, five, six weeks. But then I think in the full season, I think Sean Payton would be more willing to go to a more traditional quarterback like Jameis Winston. But that's just a hunch. Yeah, I mean, it could be totally wrong and ends up being, like you said, it takes him hill. But uh, so like, I, I We're going to find know. out this off season. If they re-sign him, that means he is going to be the starter for them. If they don't re-sign him, even from what yes, I've yes. read, it's basically, the basics is, They say he wants to have Jameis Winston with a mix of unorthodox Taysom Hill, and teammates were upset. There are a lot of reports that teammates were upset when they started Taysom Hill this year over Jameis, like a lot of because he has a lot of support. But basically, what I just read right now as you're talking is we'll know basically if he resigns of New Orleans, it's going to be a starting opportunity. If not, it probably means that. That because it wasn't starting. Yeah, Yeah. fair enough. I mean, and I'm just making hunches, just like you. We're all we're all hunches. Speaking of this, these teams, um, the most important part of this Bear Saints game, George, had to be the Nickelodeon broadcast. So uh, yes, the game was boring. Yes. It was kind of boring, right? It was like seven nothing, seven three for the first half. But this Nickelodeon broadcast, first of all, uh, as everyone noticed, one of my favorite parts is when when you got the live what the fuck on the TV, of course, Fix the ref, and the announcer is like, "All right, all right, moving on from this part." And that was Nate Burleson, by the way, was the announcer, yeah. which is great. Well, Love there's Nate three Burleson. of them. It was, yeah, know, like it was one Disney of them. people or something. <laughs> I don't know who they were, but he, they were, you know, it was very interesting because they even like broke down fights, like the Javon, Javon, I don't know how to say his name, Wims fight earlier in the season. They showed like a graphic compared to Patrick and SpongeBob fighting and explained to them what happened. They also, uh, I think it was Javon Wims again that got punched this time or punched somebody mm-hmm. again. I don't know how he gets involved in this shit every time, but. They he were must be a nice guy to the Saints. Yeah, he, he must be a great guy to work with. Uh, they were explaining like what the personal fouls are and like why the personal the fouls. The false start right. with Young Sheldon was awesome. Yeah, I mean they had Young Sheldon at like for like twenty different times. Yeah. on the TV screen, but like it just the explanation of football, even for me as a guy that probably knows it, I would say better than 
90% of people, right? Maybe 80, like I'd say uh, 99, like we watch almost every single game, but yeah, sure. I'd be probably over 99 and it's not over 99 because like I'm saying like, you know, there's probably college athletes there that still know more than I do. Probably 90% of people. I, I would say that it was still interesting hearing like a breakdown of why things happen. And it's interesting because I think it, it sounds stupid, but there's a lot of adults that just started watching football or mm-hmm. recently got into it or moved to a city that has a football team. Like I kind of like this sport. It was a very good educational moment along with the fucking fun stuff, like the slime and shit. It, yeah. It'll be gimmicky Un- and it would be boring. Unfortunately, the there was only one, t- one touchdown in the first half where the slime came, not enough scoring for it. There were some at the end, though. But yeah. in general, the Nickelodeon broadcast, honestly, was a genius idea. Yeah, I loved it, man. Are you kidding me? I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I, You told me you should tune in to the Nickelodeon broadcast at the beginning of the game. I was like, yeah, why not? I might as well. And I thought it was great. It made me think, like, what other, Sammy? All right, so this, what other broadcast would you want to see? Um, what channels, right? We have the Nickelodeon channel, fantastic. What other channels do you think would be good? My mine, I kind of thought of was like the Discovery Channel, like the In Zones a Jungle or something like that. And or and like when Tyreek Hill gets a touchdown pass, it's like turns into a cheetah while he's running, you know, because that's his nickname. Like what 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 would you think? Or even like a touchdown pass, like a long hail mary from Patrick Mahomes turns into an asteroid. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe that would be one of the last ones that would even that would be kind of cool. Other than that, it'd start just be gimmicky, you know. Uh, oh, like I, the slime cam wasn't gimmicky. It is, but that's what it's. But you can do one thing if you start to just overdo it, then it becomes gimmicky. But one oh, thing, of course, of course, of course. So, I'm just saying, like, what other channels you think would have been a good idea? I'm not saying this, this would have been a question you'd have to ask me before, so I could like think of. I can't like because Discovery Channel is a really good one. Like you could have animals running around and like explosions, but I can't think of one like oh history gonna, channel. That'd be kind of cool. Same, same thing as Discovery <laughs> Channel, though. That's why yeah, I don't want to say because because you could do like the Planet Network or whatever, and you could do Discovery Channel, Travel Channel, History Channel, all kind of are Travel related. Channel. Like pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, they're I like all kind of, be all related. So I mean. More for me, really, I, I, I'm just like, I think they should be doing more Nickelodeon uh, for kids to get into it. Because I don't think adults need a reason to watch gimmicky football. You know, like, I, I don't think we need a Discovery Channel football. I think we need kids to get into sports. And I think I, I read something on the New York Post about why this fun Nickelodeon broadcast was like a great experience for kids to remember that like sports sports don't have to be all business and boring. Cause like at some point we're starting to like teach kids that football is just business, you know, like you, in your sports in general, right. You got like jackasses like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and the NBA that are like, I don't have to talk to media and like being big babies, you know, like, and it makes kids not like games more, you know, but then you got like great people like Lamar Jackson who are like energetic, happy, fun. You have Baker Mayfield who's like always like, you know, being eccentric on the field and being excited it's so good for po- football you know yeah and no, i totally agree yeah i just wish tony romo was on the nickelodeon broadcast with nate burleson i think that would have been a good team like i could see tony romo breaking down the slime cam really well yeah i think a mix i'd have to see i feel like nate burleson was a good mix of like a football guy but he also like obviously knew how to like cater to like kids and mm-hmm. he must have kids <laughs> uh, yeah i mean so does tony romo but i don't think 
I think Tony Romo's too intelligent to make it fun for the kids. Is how I feel, but you never know. Maybe they'll keep trying this. I really, uh, I was, I was talking to my girlfriend about it during the game. Is that they need to do this for the MLB next, though? Because oh, uh, that's the, a good idea. Get kids into baseball. How about a home run turning into a a fucking slime explosion or how about a home run having fire behind it as it's going to the end zone or going to the, going to the uh, outfield. Like like this is the next, the next thing should be MLB, get kids into sports and get kids liking again. I think it was pretty sweet. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think uh, NBA would be cool, but it'd be way too much, right? I mean, if all the all uh, the amount of points scored in that game, like that would get boring in maybe 25 minutes. Yeah, the, well, the beauty of football is they had very subtle things that they could do. Exactly. Like, like the first down line. They didn't have – basketball, like – because, I mean, they, they didn't they didn't make graphics every play for the NFL I know, game either. I know. But they have those subtle things like a first down line that can just be a little – A little more – A little graphic. A little spunky. Yeah, because I don't know what they would have done, it, done for like an NBA. Like you don't want to make the free throw line in the middle of the – court yeah. like slimy you don't want every so, basket to explode yeah it, it would be it definitely be a little harder yeah um, well speaking of this game i honestly don't have much to say about it other than Me the, either. the bears were pathetic they dropped a big touchdown they could have been in this game but they weren't uh they need a better quarterback they don't trust mitch trubisky and on the same side like i know they're favored against tampa bay but we'll get to this probably later in the week but God damn, I really hope Tampa Bay beats him because, like you said, I think Drew Brees is awfully boring to watch. Yeah, I totally agree. He had one pass that was sort of long to Michael Thomas, I think, in the second quarter. But Mike, yep. it was like Michael Thomas had to stop and kind of go back to the ball. If he threw it up, I think it would have been a touchdown. But Michael Thomas had to turn back around and go get the ball. Like Brees', Brees arm, as we'll talk about Phil Rivers later on coming up, Like their arms are kind of shut. Yeah, but not kind of. They are. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's – and we've been seeing this more often. You have Big Ben, you have Phillip Rivers. You even have guys that are young like Cam Newton just has a shot mm-hmm. arm. Um, it's happening. It's happening around yeah. the league. So, well, especially know, for Cam, like else. so many surgeries, so many surgeries. That, yeah. I think the other guys might be aged, but Cam Newton might just be surgeries. And his was like on his shoulder. I mean, Big Ben yeah. uh, Big Ben and Drew Brees have been out multiple times last two years yeah. with random surgeries too. That's so true. they're starting to get there with the age. Um I do want to mention one last thing before we move on because this one was just boring. But um, Taysom Hill, I'm just first of all, it didn't oh, get recorded. Oh, Taysom Hill get- He's in the game! Oh my god! Oh, here he goes! Like every time he got the like came into the game, like they have to like they act like it was like the most un absurd thing of all time. Yeah, it, I don't know why it should have been recorded as an interception. It got recorded as a fumble. His like he was he was going forward. That's stupid. Yeah, fumble interception. Whatever <laughs> it was. Yeah, I don't understand. And like you said, there's gonna, there's gonna be the people that are like, "How do you not see it?" You know, he caught two catches for five yards and ran for fifteen. Like, wow, great. Uh, every time he comes in the game as a platoon guy. When he was when he played the whole game himself, he was obviously fine, right? Like they won some games, but like this whole like throwing Taysom Hill in the middle of a Drew Brees drive is it just mirrors every time it's happened the last like five or six times something's bad happened, like a pick. I feel like it stalls the drive. Yeah, yeah, or ends it, or and or ends the drive. Yeah, I mean he did get that pass interference call on his jump pass. Oh my god, the jump pass is so cool, Sammy. 
I mean, jump passes actually are cool, but they are cool sometimes. But like, I don't, I don't go as far as you with the sarcasm. I don't. No, it's a, for me. It's just like every time he comes into the game, I notice. Like even Romo did it yesterday. Oh, very close! <laughs> like, like I don't know if they tell him like you have to get like a notch more excited when Taysom Hill comes in or what's it's, the case. It's kind of how I feel about Lamar Jackson, and now this is Lamar Jackson is like, I don't even know how to explain levels better than Taysom Hill. It's the same. I know what. I think this happens to a lot of people in sports with certain players. It's like yeah. some people, you get so bothered by the amount of hype. And if you don't feel that same hype, it's like, why are people like, like you, you just, sometimes you want to, like you just want to hear people or announcers or friends like shut up about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. I, I could totally get that. But uh, I, I think like with Lamar, like he's an actual, like, starting quarterback in nfl we've seen him do it for like 16 i mean he i think has a 71 percent win percentage now like i guess Taysom Hill has a hundred win percentage so but i'm talking about over a long sample size but. yeah but my thing is just like the i know what you're saying the, 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 the excitement you're like why are you so excited? yeah like Lamar, I, I still think there's no chance lamar can win a super bowl like this i mean like he you know he he still threw no touchdowns and was seven like had a, under two hundred yards passing, but he is the most dynamic runner I've ever seen in my life. And but I, I don't know how many years that's gonna last for. No, no, that's, that's why I think he has he has, I think it's lightning in a bottle. I think they I mean like should we just get to that game since we're kind of there? Yeah, that game. was kind of my yeah. transition. It was that, nice that was a, it was a, it was a nice transition. It was very you know nice and natural. Uh, transition there but well, it just became uh, unnatural now but that's i know I was, I was thinking that as i said that um, i'm like just go with it like, like lamar jackson man like here's the thing it's not pretty here's the thing with lamar jackson it's not uh the way you are used to it it's not your grandma and grandpa's quarterback this is di- something different this is the most dynamic guy in the league as you said and that's why i think it's so fun to no, watch he's i mean the most dynamic runner Runner, in the dynamic league. guy. I mean, yeah, he can throw the football. Like, I'm sorry, but he makes some bad passes. He had one interception. He still had 179 yards on, I think, about 65 to 70 percent completion percentage. 17 for 24. I can't do that math in my head. And you add the point when he adds the 136 rush yards. Now you're talking with about a guy who had 300 over 300 yards. Now the thing with Lamar, he's not going to ever, ever, ever be the guy who's going to stand in the pocket and throw darts. Never going to be that. He's something different. He's more of a weapon than a quarterback, but it's effective. It's effective because he can run the ball better than any quarterback in history of the national football league can run the football. And he's smart. I think one thing that people don't get with him and the difference between him and Michael Vick, what is the dedication and Michael Vick said it himself, I could have been a better quarterback. If I took watching film more seriously, if I took the game more seriously, I mean, Lamar Jackson, like you saw it, like the play before he even ran for that touchdown, the 47 yard touchdown, he was smacking the floor. Cause he got sacked. Like you see the passion with him. You see how much his teammates like him, and I think he's more dedicated now. I'm with you. I don't think seven years from now, Lamar Jackson might not even be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Five years from now, Lamar Jackson might not be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he he's really good, and I think it's just unnatural, and I, I usually hate quarterbacks like this, but for him, I just think because he runs so well that it masks a lot of his deficiencies, which you're right. Throwing the football nice and accurate are – is a deficiency of his. Yeah. yeah and I, this is where 
like I'm gonna be honest with you. I they hate these like rebuttals when you say the guy is not a great thrower. He's not a great thrower. I mean, like it's the most obvious thing to people's eyes. That doesn't mean he's not a yes. great quarterback. That doesn't mean he's not uh has the potential to win games. It doesn't mean he, you know, he can't win playoff games. He's a running guy. I mean, I don't know. I don't yeah. want to call him a running back, but he's a running quarterback, but he can't throw the football very well. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, what do you mean by very well? He can throw the football decently well. He's an average thrower of a football as a quarterback. Yeah, he's a well, technically, if you, he's slightly below average of throwing the football, if you look at like yards and completion percentages and just that, like, I mean, this year so this he was twenty is- second in passing yards, which mm-hmm. is below a guy below Drew Brees who played twelve games, below Drew right. Locke, below Daniel Jones, below, mm-hmm. you know. I think the only people below him that were starting quarterbacks were, I mean, Joe Burrow played 10 games and was a hundred yards yeah. away. Cam Newton ha- was close to him. I, I do Nick have, an important, I have an important question while you, while you go through all that, because I think it's a decent question to ask. He also ran the ball more than any other quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, a lot of times you have to put that in account. Yeah, he maybe has less passing yards, but that's because they're asking him to run instead of pass sometimes, right? So it doesn't mean he's oh, not I good at throwing. The, yeah, yeah, but that's why, like, you're, oh, he's below average throwing the football. I don't think he's below average throwing the football. I think he's probably average at throwing the football. He's not in the upper echelon. He's not going to spin it like uh, Baker Mayfield's a better thrower of the football than him. Ryan Tannehill's probably a better thrower of, of a football than him. But is he in that middle class of quarterbacks? Probably. Average thrower, but the best runner. So I, I get what you're saying. I totally get it. But I think we get way too caught up on, oh, he can't throw the football. When Actually, he can. He's a pretty good thrower of the football, but he's not a he's not a great quarterback I, I don't know how to explain it like he that's why i like him i think he's something like way different yeah and it's hard again, to evaluate i mean like the, the rebuttals are just like it's exactly what i'm saying is he can't throw the football very well it's he's not, not no, it's not a rebuttal not, I'm, I'm not, not trying to rebut you i know i'm just let me give my point he's not matt stafford right like he, he but i'd rather have lamar jackson yeah. than matt stafford but matt stafford's a 50 times better thrower of the football. But yes. Like, I'd still rather have Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson and the sense of like playing quarterback is not what you'd want at the – if you didn't if you didn't have the running ability, he's not what you're going to want. Right. Like, if the guy loses the speed, he's not going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. Most likely, unless – you know, obviously people work on their game. You never know. It can surprise yeah. you. But this is where it's hard for me is because I don't know still. He won a mm-hmm. playoff game. That's great. Right, Baker Mayfield won a playoff game. Great. I'm still not sure the way Lamar Jackson's playing right now, and I would love if it worked. Like I, I, I say these things like it's like like when we talk about Russell Westbrook, right? Yeah. And you hate on Russ, like you hate on Russell Westbrook. I do. It's not winning basketball, whatever. Watch. Yeah, and if he won a championship, I'd be pretty happy for him. I'd be yeah, like, that's pretty I, cool. I think he's very, yeah, because I think he's really exciting to watch. Yeah. So like for me, if Lamar Jackson won a Super Bowl, I'd be happy i'd be like that's cool that you have a running quarterback Mm -hmm. that is as exciting like his touchdown run was so fun to watch way more fun than watching like a 20 yard you know deep pass for a touchdown it's way more fun i have a good question after this for you um but we'll we'll get to that in a second but you know i i have a good theory i I didn't finish what i was saying okay (laughs) i mean like i i is it a question on what i was saying no no keep going 
Yeah, it kind of is, but I'm saying I'll that Lamar Jackson, he's more fun to watch than any quarterback in the NFL to me. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I so so I'm not rooting against him. I just don't think you can win football in the playoffs. How many games do they have to win to win a Super Bowl? Four straight. Three straight. Five. Well, this year four, but four. like some yeah. teams. I don't have think to win you three. can win four straight games throwing under 200 yards in just running the football. I think eventually it catches up. Well, they've won um, six straight right now, so just just saying. I said in the playoffs. <laughs> I know. You have I to play. You have to play better football teams, more prepared football yep. teams. And yeah, he's won. He did it last year. And then we see playoffs and some things sometimes just hit a halt. Yep. And I totally before. agree with you. I don't know if he can either, but I, 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 this is an important question for you. And then I have a fun question. Uh, we'll queue up the, uh, my uh, notepad so I can re- make a clip for the next question. But it was Lamar Jackson. So we said this a lot and I said it a lot myself about Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. You can't win an NBA championship shooting three pointers and, and uh, playing the way they did him and they won a championship. The people used to, they no one ever thought the Splash Brothers were going to win a championship shooting strictly three-pointers. Like It changed the way the basketball is played. Um, could, in theory, and I'm not saying that the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to pick. I'm picking them actually to beat Buffalo and lose to Kansas City because I still think Kansas City. And I and I'm with you. I throwing the football in the pocket to me is the way to go win an NFL championship. But could it be possible that we're seeing a change in football with the more dynamic quarterbacks and Lamar Jackson is the Steph Curry of the NFL and he changes the game? Is it possible? Well, I'm going to go backwards on that because. Steph Curry didn't change the game anymore because he changed it for him and he changed the game's style. But Mm -hmm. as we've seen since the last time Steph Curry and the Splash Bros won, it's reverted back to kind of teams with big men and Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Those are the only people that have won championships. Me me and your favorite theory, like, oh, everyone's shooting threes now, but no one else has won a championship shooting threes other than Steph. Yeah, Rockets haven't won a yeah. uh, championship doing it. Um, man, fuck, I don't even know who else does it. Yeah, I think he changed the game. Because I didn't want to make that sound like Steph Curry didn't change the game. Because he changed the game, all right. They People shoot yeah. way more threes. Like LeBron James likes having three-point shooters around him even more now because they know it's three is more th- worth more than two. But you don't need your main guy to be, you know, Steph Curry, mm-hmm. James Harden. Clay Thompson, you don't have to be. So, so I guess let me rephrase. Let me rephrase that question, Ben, to make it make more sense. Could just like Steph Curry and the Warriors won an NBA championship by doing something unconventional, like shooting a ton of three pointers? Could you say that? Could is Lamar Jackson's running style dynamic enough to be the only quarterback to ever win this way? Because I don't think anyone else has ever won this way. And I don't see anyone else in the league right now that's similar to Lamar where he's going to win by primarily being a bigger focus running the football than throwing the football. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, we've only seen two guys like the, them. is Michael Vick and him. and Him and Michael Vick. He's He – I thought I'd never see somebody as dynamic as Michael Vick running the football and Lamar Jackson better. So there really might never be a quarterback that's as good at running the ball as Lamar Jackson. That might be the best of the best. I don't see it. And this is, I would, I'd be glad to see it because I think Mm -hmm. it's fun, but I just, 
Man, when the game's on the line, if I'm going to have to take like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, or if I'm going to have to take Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson, like I just have a hard time picking Lamar Jackson in those. Same here. But what if, and I'm not, I don't want this to come off as a hate on Steph Curry, but it's going to sound like it. But Steph Curry made it to a finals in 2015, and LeBron James was missing Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. Just like Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors faced the Warriors without Klay Thompson and without Kevin Durant. And sometimes you might run into the right opponents at the right time and spark a little bit of a you know winning formula. And just like it happened for Steph Curry, once Steph Curry – like if Steph Curry never won that championship and then they lost in 2016 again, Kevin Durant wasn't going to Golden State. Right. right. So because that's a good he point. saw the success – if Lamar Jackson, I don't want to say gets lucky, but runs into the right teams at the right time, makes a That's, Super Bowl, and maybe it's against an aging Drew Brees, and Drew Brees has that aging bad game. Lamar Jackson wins. How all, I, of a sudden, all of a sudden, you have running backs that want to sign there. You have wide receivers that are showing up. You have offensive linemen taking less money to show up because they like the system. That's now how you I might feel. have a little bit of a journey. Yeah, that, that, that's I, you took the words out of my mouth. That's kind of how I feel. When I say I think they can win a Super Bowl, that's what it's going to take. And you know what? If they're going to ever win a Super Bowl, and I kind of – you know how they're going to win, Sammy? They're going to blow out teams. They're going to have to win. They're not going to – Lamar is not going to – unfortunately, he's not going to stand there in the pocket down 12 points in the fourth quarter and lead your team back to a comeback. No, I don't think so, especially against a – like a Super Bowl caliber defense, exactly. No, and, and I think so. I think me and you are on the same exact level with Lamar Jackson. I just, yeah. I just uh, say it differently. Yeah, I, for me, it's I'm just a little more pessimistic at the fact that like you're pessimistic that it could, that could work. I think I think you can catch lightning in a bottle and have it work. But I was, you know, like I didn't think Steph Curry could get past the Cavs, but guess what? Like I said, LeBron James was missing Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love in that. I'm not saying they wouldn't have won. I'm not trying to play that game here. I'm just saying, like, he caught the Cavs at the right time that year, and you got your championship. And I'm really not one of those people that, like, I don't care how you got it when you got it. Like, I don't care that LeBron got it in the bubble this year. I don't care that Kawhi got it against Jordan. If Jordan Jordan was in his prime during the 80s, he wouldn't have gone six for six because he would have had to play Magic Johnson in his prime and Larry Bird in his prime. But since his prime came in the 90s, he went six for six. Like, sometimes, like, that's just kind of how it happens. Like, I'm not, yeah. And and then he retired and Shaq and Kobe took off. Yeah. it, It all, like... It's all relative, you know, like it, it really is. And you never, you know, one play can change people's careers, right? I mean, you look at uh, you look at how Tom Brady got his fifth Super Bowl ring, which was, no, maybe his fourth against the Seahawks, fourth? Yeah. This guy wins fourth, so many yeah. Super Bowls. He, he, it, he didn't win it. It took a Russell Wilson interception. I mean, he won it, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they very easily could have lost, but something went his way. So I think Lamar Jackson's just in the in the place where I don't necessarily think he's gonna take a Super Bowl, like just rip it out of someone's hands. But I think the way he plays sets up, you know, just like motivation on his team and momentum that there could be that play that gets them that one win that they needed to kind of get over the hump. And you That's never know. Feel. And I'm picking him to beat the Buffalo Bills this weekend. But I then lose Can- and then lose to Kansas City. Yeah, I'm not doing it. But uh, we'll we'll do a podcast this week, right? On like, oh yeah, 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 we'll talk all about okay. it. 
Because, I mean, I had more to say than, you know, they won't. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make yeah. sure. Um, all right. So, all right. NFL preview, divisional round playoffs. Sammy, will they win? No. All right. Moving on. <laughs> next next topic. Uh, this game, I, 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 I'm going to start with we have our Sunday – we're going backwards. So we're going to do Buccaneers-Washington. We're going to skip the Seahawks game and go to the Colts-Bills, and we'll do Seahawks last, cut it into our Seattle pod as well. But let's do this Bucks-Washington. Um, Tyler Henneke guy, whatever his name is, Heineken Henneke. What, honestly, kind of a badass. I don't know if you've seen the videos yeah. of him in the XFL uh-huh. where he was shotgunning beers. He was a backup quarterback in, in the, the AAFL. Right or is XFL, XFL as well? He was a backup in the XFL. Oh. That's when he was shotgunning those beers post game, you know, uh, or maybe he was both. I don't know. It was probably both. Um, and now Moonlighting. he's Two starting drops. in a yeah, starting in a family. fucking playoff game, and he is he earned himself a backup job in the NFL. How many how many millions of dollars did he make after that game? But no, really, Sammy. Um. Washington football staff, you've seen this guy all year and you really were bringing out Dwayne Haskins, Jared, what was his name? Jared Allen. I can't even remember what Allen he was. Not Josh. What was his name? Something Allen. Brian Allen. Who are you talking about? Washington football team's quarterback that hurt his knee. Allen. Oh, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. You brought out Alex Smith on one leg. You bring out Dwayne Haskins and you had this Heineken in a bottle this whole time. He looks better than all these guys. He was the backup quarterback, George, to the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks XFL team. And go find the starting quarterback for the St. Louis Battlehawks. He must have been really good if Heineken couldn't beat him out. He looked like a better quarterback than anyone Washington put out this year. And the Buccaneers Uh, won the game, and and Antonio Brown had a touchdown. Looks good, but yeah, I... This game has not much to say, but really, I'm surprised how good Heineke looked. Yeah, I mean, okay, now you're a little, you know, you might be over exaggerating it a little bit. I'm just saying, the guy earned he himself looked, a backup. No, he, he, he earned himself. He earned himself a backup job in the NFL, a hundred percent. Although, I'm just wondering where, why he didn't start earlier. He looked better than any quarterback on the Washington football team did this year. Yeah, I mean, I still probably would have trusted. Uh, Oh, I would have trusted Alex Smith game. more too. He 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 did lead the team in passing and rushing, and yeah. uh, you know, three hundred and six yards, a touchdown. He had forty six yards on the ground on six carries and a touchdown. Uh, with unfortunately the loss, but he, I have nothing to say about. I'm not going to analyze Tyler Henneke. I'm just saying he earned himself a backup job. We went from XFL backup to a backup in the NFL. He's probably going to get himself a decent little like one million dollar contract and be a backup for a team. Uh, next year, or he might be the fucking starter for the Washington football team until they figure out their quarterback situation. So, uh, you know, he really earned himself a spot. Although this team, it, I, it, it's kind of crazy that they're in the playoffs. They've had four quarterbacks this year, Haskins, Allen, yep. Smith, and now him. Uh, I know, you know, there's a lot of people probably out there saying like Tom Brady, lucky once again, this is who he had to face in round one of the playoffs. Yeah, it's a good. It's a uh, hey. That defense is not bad, though. I mean, we saw them give some teams fits on defense. So, I would have to say he did a good job for everyone talking about how good of a defensive front the Washington football team had. Yeah, I. 
I mean, the team sucks uh, in general, but I'm just saying yeah, everyone was talking about how good their uh, their uh, defense was, and they, they put up 31 points against supposedly a really good defense. Yeah, I mean, they did. It's Tom Brady, though. I'm not surprised. I think at the end of the day, what I took away from this game is, one, obviously Tyler Henneke, Taylor Henneke was great. Good for him. Earned a backup job. Ron Rivera obviously knows how to turn around a culture. Um I'm not sure the Carolina Panthers made the right move by firing him and signing somebody else to a massive contract just because what was his name? Um, uh, Matt rule. Yeah. And I'm not saying Matt rule won't be a good coach, but I just don't know if it was a necessary move. Um, this guy, Ron Rivera obviously knows how to handle situations and, and mm-hmm. handle a team. And then on the other end, Tom Brady, you know, simple game, 22 for 40, 381, two touchdowns. So you can just see that, it looked like comfortable playoff Tom Brady, and he's just probably going to do enough. I think he's still going to do enough next week to beat the Saints, and I think he's going to do enough to compete for a Super Bowl once again, and it's pretty remarkable to see it. He's not the same, but when you look at him like compared to Drew Brees, you can see that Tom Brady really does have it still. Week, week, nine, week 9 through Week 17 this year, Tom Brady had, I think I was reading online, the the most yards per attempt and the high, highest accuracy on deep balls in the NFL. It's pretty wild. Weeks 9 through 17. And he's smart. You know, at the end of the day, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, are the Patriots bad because Tom Brady left? Is it because blah, 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 the, the opt-outs? At the end of the day, Tom Brady obviously knew the roster wasn't it. I don't mm-hmm. think it's as much of the other stuff that people are talking about. I don't think it's like they had a feud or he wanted to prove anything. I think he was just smart. I think he saw that the roster is really not there anymore. He knows that, you know, they're not making any big moves. And I think he went and saw, you know what? There's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, they had OJ Howard who got hurt. Unfortunately, we can pick up running backs. We can pick up the Antonio Brown, maybe a Gronk, mm-hmm. whoever it is. And, I think he in the great defense in Tampa Bay, he obviously made the right decision. At first, I thought, man, this is I think we all at first thought like this is kind of weird. Like, is this does this make sense? Like he's gonna be in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. But you we all knew why he did it, you know, with the roster that they had and the weapons. But aren't you seeing now like okay, yeah, it really does make sense why he did this? Like you well, can just I mean I can see why he chose Tampa, but I mean, we kind of knew it seemed like the reports were he was looking at multiple teams and he wanted to leave the Patriots, but Tampa provided the best opportunity for his family, the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl. So it's a great choice, but I don't, I think if you presented him the option of, you know, um, a little, I, I think he was ready to leave new England for multiple reasons. Do you, do you, so you you still buy into the fact that maybe it was like proof of point or like me and Belichick just aren't there right now to get like I mean yeah I mean, I'm not saying they like hate the, each other's guts but you know that it was time for a breakup and time to move on it might have been a mutual breakup too it might have been shake hands ready to move on and no hard feelings but I, I they were done they weren't going to come back yeah I mean my, my only my only putting, rebuttal to that is. I have a strong feeling that if the Patriots had like a Super Bowl roster still, mm-hmm. Tom Brady would probably yeah, he would have be there. he would have stayed. Yeah. yeah, but that's part. Yeah. I mean, could be part of a reason. That's part of ma- him maybe just being like, you guys aren't doing your part, yeah. right? And we know exactly. Bill Belichick's drafting has been pretty bad. Um, you know, maybe it's time for the Patriots to have a little bit of. I, I'm not a big a fan of Belichick's the goat. Yeah, but I know Belichick's the GOAT. Don't get me wrong. He's the best coach of all time. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I've never been a fan of coaches having all the power. GM, Me too. Well, personnel. I would say I agree with you. I mean, he's won six Super Bowls doing it. So I guess like the formula worked for them. So like I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't, cha- I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. What if it doesn't work for the next five years? Would you start making changes? They made one six Super Bowl. I mean, then you make changes, but you, I wouldn't go back. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I'm not saying to look back and say it was wrong. Obviously not. I'm just saying long term from here on. I I don't know. I don't know how many more coaches in the NFL are going to get that opportunity outside of Belichick. They're not going to. Not many. Yeah. Because it just does, it's tough. But Tom Brady, right decision. Um, They've gotten their ass kicked twice by the Saints this year, though. Third time's a charm, baby. Remember when everyone made fun of Tony Romo for saying we're going to see these two teams back in the playoffs facing each other again? Well, here we are. It wasn't. It wasn't a hot take or anything. I mean, like they're. Fucking, I know Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Saints. Like, of course. I know. I know. Everyone's like, "Did you watch the game? They got their ass kicked. Tampa's not going to be there." Like, come on, just relax. It's like week six. I know people need to always relax. Okay, we got Colts and Bills, and we're going to get into our Seahawks. But before we get there, Jordan, I just want to mention one thing. Um, First and foremost, don't forget, guys, you can go to betus.com. I'm just going to throw a quick ad in here. Betus.com, B-E-T-U-S.com. Use promo code THESPORTSONTAP, all one word, for 125% bonus. And speaking of the sports on tap, you can also find us at the sports on tap, and you can go to thesportsontap.com for – all our content and George is someone breaking into your house right now, Sammy. I mean, don't know if any, everyone can hear that on the podcast. I heard a door squeak and here's the moment of truth. Are you, is it a murderer, a robber or your girlfriend? It is just the girlfriend opening the door. (laughs) Scaring everybody on the podcast. I was nervous Um, for a minute. I want to mention that Doug Peterson did get fired by the Eagles today. Oh yes, he did. You know, 2018 Super Bowl champs. 2019, they it was a dropped Nelson Aguilar pass from being in the NFC Championship. 2019, they were actually they were a home team in the playoffs, and Carson Wentz got, got knocked hurt. out. The classic Carson Wentz moment, but also kind of a dirty hit by Clowney, I think it was at the time. And then this year, fired. And I read a report, George, that he was tired of people telling him what to do and i actually I, I, am on Doug Peterson's I, side i i kind of am but it depends on what, what 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 part is he talking about he's tired of people telling him what to do he's a coach i mean he should have also some power on like personnel decisions as far That's as what probably part. what he means yeah i just i'm I wondering what it was he means. his choice to put in nate sudfield over jalen hurts i, I don't think that. it was but his do you think choice. it was his choice to put in jalen hurts over carson wentz Probably not. It was probably not his choice to draft Jalen Hurts when he had a Carson Wentz. So yeah, you're probably right about that too. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, I think this is best for both sides. It sounds like it was mutual. You know how there's usually the fired and there's the mutually parted ways. Yeah, there was a report that Doug Peter said said I'm tired of people telling me what to do, so we're both fine with this breakup. Is basically how it went down. Do you think it was the right move though? We'll find out. I mean, he won a Super Bowl. I never thought he was the greatest coach. He hasn't been that great since Frank Reich left. He's been okay. Um, but sometimes you need a new voice in the room. And that team was all champagne and parties after winning a Super Bowl for three years. And your whole thing was, we're not like the Patriots. We have fun here. Yeah, And oh, there's your fun. <laughs> yeah, I know where he's going to get hired is my guess. 
You ready for I it? Have, uh, yeah, but, the Chargers. No, he's no. going to be the head coach. My guess is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They seem like the organization that would take a guy because he won a Super Bowl. Okay. He I, hasn't been that good, but then they're like, no, this is a great idea. He won a Super Bowl. Nick Foles, you see what he did with Nick Foles? Like, the only know, and- reason I'm going to push back on that because I read a report this weekend that uh, Urban Meyer is starting to assemble his staff to join the Jaguars. Otherwise, yeah, I totally agree. That. I'm not buying that stuff. I'm not buying it for some reason either, but just in case, like, he does, like, Urban Meyer will get I don't I don't buy the Urban Meyer story, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. All right. Um all right, George. One more before we do the Seahawks. It's the Colts and Bills. Uh actually have yeah, this is one of the more interesting games of the week. Um, this Buffalo Bills team was actually not very good. I, I th- this week, and I think it was a lot of just Josh Allen being really good. Um, I agree with Josh that Allen completely. Stepping up, they might have actually lost this game and they ended up only winning by three. Yeah, Josh, I mean, that defense is bad. Like, to give up 300-plus yards to Phil Rivers, for them to... Honestly, if Phil Rivers didn't have a noodle arm, that game could have went into overtime, or they could have won the game outright. Like, I, I, I'm i with you there, man. I just don't think that team played necessarily good, but Josh Allen was great, man. He was doing it all. He, I was thinking about this, like... If I want to give my end of a year quarterback rankings, I got to put Josh Allen third over Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson falls to fourth. Like Josh Allen is damn good. Uh, I, I mean, Josh Allen's been playing better than Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, right now, it was, it was at the end of the year. You got to say it was Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen. Yes. And then you could mix in all the other guys because there was a lot of inconsistency, even with like a Lamar Jackson and a Russell Wilson and the Kyler Murrays and the who else was like a Tom Brady, Drew Brees. You know, this year I went from George. This is an interesting conversation. Is that I went from a a place of earlier (laughs) this year being like, wow, there's not many teams that need a quarterback, right? Mm To now, like, because remember, Jameis Winston had a hard time finding a spot. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton had a hard time finding a spot. Um, there was a lot of teams that had a hard time finding spots. But I think we're starting to find a lot of openings this year. With you look at like, especially if a couple you know, people retire. Yeah, outside of Jacksonville because they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. But you got like you thought the Jets had their guy. As of right now, they probably don't. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Even the Rams, there are still reports. I mean, what was his name? Uh, the announcer, I know you're not buying in the fact that he was benched, but there are reports now that after people have talked to Sean McVay, it sounds like he's just not on the Jared Goff train right now. And no, they, he's, he's not, but I yeah. also don't think he's on the John Wolford train either. No, the, the, with the, you. I think that'll be, that'll be a team that would be willing to move off a quarterback and go get a yeah. quarterback. So we're sitting here talking, George, about teams. And the reason I'm bringing this up is obviously Philip Rivers, right? And mm. We're talking about how this game kind of played out and where we're missing. But we're talking about the New England Patriots, the New York Jets, um, Pittsburgh Steelers potentially. I'm going through the list here of the divisions. Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the Colts, the Jaguars are going to draft. You never know what the Las Vegas – You never know about the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, The Denver Broncos, the Washington football team, the New York Giants – and the Eagles could all be in some consideration here if Carson Wentz goes elsewhere. The Cowboys are probably set. But then you have 
The Lions might move off of Stafford and fill somewhere else. The Vikings have one year left with Kirk Cousins. The Bears want a quarterback. The Saints might have a retiring quarterback. Tampa Bay have a 43-year-old quarterback. Is Teddy Bridgewater the answer in Carolina? I don't know. Matt Ryan might move off of That might be a flip-flop somewhere. The Rams, the Niners. like We're talking about two, three teams in every division have either retiring, might move on and try to flip-flop quarterbacks with other teams. You have a lot of movement where I think at the beginning of this year, I was like, eh, you know, maybe one or two teams need a quarterback. Hmm. Think about yeah, that list. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback, but unfortunately, there's not that many quarterbacks available. So, so some of them are just going to have to stay put. And like, like 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, like we yeah. can sit here and pretend that, you know, the 49ers want to move off Garoppolo. And I'm sure they'd love to upgrade Garoppolo, right? But what are you going to upgrade? They want to move off, but they might want to even move off. But I think he has a six, a 70% winning percentage with them, Kyle Shanahan and like a 15% winning percentage without him. So like they're not going to – a lot of these teams, same with Jared Goff and Sean McVay, a lot of these teams are probably going to be like, I'm looking to upgrade. But it's like almost like I want to upgrade my house and I want to be in this really nice neighborhood, but there's no available houses in the neighborhood. Yeah, or can't afford it. Doesn't or fit I can't afford budget. it. Yeah, or it doesn't fit in our budget, or I can't um, sell my home right now. I think a lot of them will be, I can't sell my home right now. No one's taking that Jared Goff contract. No, and like I don't even know if some people will take a Matt Stafford or a Matt Ryan contract because if it doesn't right. fit in their long term, it might it works for everybody short term, but the yeah. long term is like where the question is the cap. Uh, who is it, George? That next year Ben Roethlisberger has a forty-three million dollar yeah. cap on the Steelers. You're not, not going to trade that. I mean, there's no, no one will take it. And he's probably not going to forfeit his contract. <laughs> yeah, wait. Do you, I asked you earlier if he was going to retire. He has a forty-three million dollar cap hit. Ben Roethlisberger will be back as a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. He he definitely will. It's not even a question. Yeah, but no, you're uh, right. There are a lot of quarter people who'd like to upgrade their quarterbacks. I just don't think there's that many quarterbacks available. There's not. And let, let, let's get to the game though. So <laughs> that that was my tangent in, uh, of quarterbacks when we talk about Philip Rivers. First and foremost, um, Philip Rivers should be retiring. Um, mm -hmm. I know there was like there's he has a second year on his contract, but there's a lot of speculation that he's probably he could be done right. Mm -hmm. um, this team, if they had the right quarterback, would be better and probably have won this game today or on Sunday or Saturday, whatever it was. Um, they have one of the best young running backs in the NFL, Jonathan Taylor, which was the steal of the draft. I never understood why he wasn't getting drafted. He was like a... I'll tell you why. Because every single college running back who's that dominant always gets drafted and does shit. So everyone's like probably just got scared of that. But he's damn good. Actually, George, let me just say something. In recent years... In recent years, you have Dalvin Cook, who was dominant, ended up being mm -hmm. good. Christian McCaffrey, dominant, ended up being good. Derrick Henry, dominant, ended up being good. Ezekiel Zeke. Elliott, who has been bad this year, but he he did get his contract because he was good. Yeah. Saquon Barkley, until he got hurt, really good. So yeah. that narrative is kind of flipped, although they do get hurt really easily. And after four That's years of point. The, being a college bell cow, you're probably way more injury prone. Yeah. But yeah, he he he's they all really do good. get hurt too. Yeah, and they all get hurt. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing of every one of those guys you just named. They've all been hurt before too. Um, speaking of this game though, for real, except Derrick Henry because he's yeah. he's not a human being. An exception. He's LeBron James. He, that's why LeBron and him vibe. 
I feel like we both obviously don't have too much to say about this game because we keep flip-flopping topics, but I do want to say that, uh, you know, Philip Rivers' stat line looks fine, but, I mean, the guy couldn't get the ball past midfield, like, on on any throws. He's looking like Cam Newton on some of those throws straight to the ground. What do you think the Colts' future is going to look like? I mean, do you have any predictions? I know you might say Carson Wentz. <sighs> They're going to go out. They're going to make a phone call to Philadelphia for Carson Wentz. We don't know if he's going to be available because we don't know who the new head coach is. And maybe the new head coach comes into Philadelphia and is like, I th- I can fix Carson Wentz and I want to have Carson Wentz as my quarterback. I think they're going to make a call to a guy who might not have a cell phone named Andrew Luck and be like, I will give you the city of Indianapolis. I'll give you the state of Indiana. I'll do anything. Just like like anything uh, like literally anything to come back yeah, like, like a two percent stake in the franchise yeah like anything you want andrew andrew luck's the quarterback in the colts they're they're there are high they're odds of winning a super bowl yeah, yeah there's super bowl contender yeah we we can't i know you hate this about and you hate yeah me. okay he's injury prone he's but injury he's better prone. he's better than philip rivers who throws the ball three yards downfield and okay. it wobbles so um, they call him uh james if he's available they might go after i mean they just want to upgrade that quarterback position i mean that yeah. hail mary that phil rivers threw at the end of the game like at the buzzer was like it was sad on the, <laughs> yeah it landed on the 12 yard line yeah it was disgusting um, well, sorry to the Colts. Dude, they, they had a Super Bowl type of team, but it just it's not gonna work when you have Philip Rivers. Let's talk about Josh Allen, okay? Because like Great. I said, this team, the defense isn't we we've had many podcasts where we've talked about blue collar football, and everyone thinks mm-hmm. the Bills are good at defense. They're not good at defense this year. And Josh Allen basically single-handedly won them won them this game. And I will add Stefan Diggs to that because Josh Allen, since he's gotten Stephon Diggs, is elevated as a quarterback as well. But Josh Allen went 26 for 35, George, 224 yards. No, 324, sorry. Two touchdowns, no picks. And then on top of that, he's had 11 out of their team's uh, 21 rushes, and he led them in rushing with 54 yards and also another touchdown. And then, of course, you have Diggs with six. Yeah, I mean – Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen basically put their put the team on their back and won this game. Because defensively, no matter how bad Phillip Rivers looked, they still he still put up two touchdowns and they had a Jonathan Taylor touchdown. I mean, without Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen when they had no run game because the Colts defense is pretty good. Uh, without them, I mean, they're they're if they had a bad quarterback, they're blown out today. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, you could just see the way that game played out. If the Colts had a good quarterback, they win that football game. I mean, Frank Reich put together a good game plan. You watch that first quarter, Buffalo didn't even have the ball in their hand. They're running the ball. They're controlling the clock. But then when they needed to make a big throw, they just couldn't make it. Um, well, George, I do have to say, you are... Um, a big proponent of the Ravens beating the Bills. I must I say, I, I, I must say, if you have a Bills performance like this where we have to expect Josh Allen to do everything, it's hard to do multiple games. But the interesting thing is I feel the same way about the Ravens. I think these teams are very similar. They both have good, decent, 
like the Ravens defense just doesn't seem dominant as it usually is, but it is they're, better than they're not. Yeah, but, they, but they had a great game against Derrick Henry. A great game, and they and they're better than the Bills defense. But mm. I mean, both these teams, it's gonna be basically who puts the team on their back more, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. So th- that's why I'm really excited about this game because I don't think both. I think both these football teams are really good. I don't think either one of them are great. Like the Chiefs are a way better football team than both these teams. Even the Browns are more dynamic with their run game, the pieces they have on defense. Th- this is going to be Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen, and it's going to be who can do it two games in a row because they both did right. it for one game. Who can do it two games in a row? Um, I'm going to lean Josh Allen. You're going to lean, I know, Lamar Jackson, but I think it's going to be. Uh, I think both of them are going to play fantastically, and I think it's going to come down to who has, who has the ball last maybe at the end of a game. Uh, snow is on the forecast in Buffalo, New York on Saturday. That would be beautiful. I hope so. Me too. All right, George, we're here at the uh, 108 mark, if you could write that down for me. Um, I got you. The 108 mark, we are here moving on to the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> um, this will be at the end of our podcast for those listening to our full podcast. If those are just listening on our Seattle podcast, we're going to post it separately. We just did our full NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, and now we're just going to do a little bit of our um, – Super sad wild card weekend, uh, Seattle Seahawks edition. In the super sad Seahawks. Seattle edition, that was your best. That was your best work. This is the Seattle Super Pod on Super Wild Card Weekend with our super sad Seahawks edition, where we talk about this. I'm not. I'm not going to give fake optimism today. Because a lot of times on Twitter, on podcasts, I'm always giving some fake Seahawks optimism because I really mean it. You know, like I really think that throughout the season, a lot of people were negative. Ken Norton Jr. needs to be fired. Then it was Sean Heimer can't be the offensive coordinator anymore. And I'm sitting here saying this team is 12 and four. Like, just relax. Right. You know, like it, it, we are. <laughs> we went 12 and four. I don't know what to say. We were gonna. We we probably would have still lost to a John Wolford, whoever the hell that is, and we ended up losing to a nine for nineteen with one hundred and fifty five yard Jared Goff, and on the other end, Russell Wilson, the almost two hundred million dollar man, Russell Wilson, went eleven for twenty seven with one hundred seventy four yards and an awful pick six. What do we make of this game? Uh, well, first of all, I want to, I'm going to have to ask you a question about the season, um, in general here in a minute, but I'm going you're going to say, Sammy, should they let Russ cook? Is that the no, question? No, 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 <laughs> it's not. I was going to say, I want you to sum up what this season was like in one word. Um, but we'll get to that in a second after I answer like what happened there. Like the thing with this team is, it's it's so hard to explain, right? Like they play down to whatever level of competition is coming their way, and we've seen them play really well against really damn good teams, and we see them play against the Rams team with a backup quarterback, and then Jared Goff, who's playing with no finger basically, and play like absolute crap. 
And I think that's a big thing. That's on a couple people, right? I mean, one, it's always on the head coach. The head coach has to do a better job of getting your team prepared, no matter who your opponent is, whether it's it's the uh, 1985 Chicago Bears, who are one of the best teams of all time, or if it's this Rams team with John Wolford at quarterback. you got to be more prepared. Number two, it's on the quarterback. I mean, whatever you want to say about Russell Wilson, he's been he's great, but the team follows the and embodies their quarterback. And I know a lot of times he's always like, I don't get too high and I don't get too low. And he's very like neutral. And maybe at times that neutrality kind of everyone plays neutral. And I think the quarterback should be neutral. I think he needs to have a clear mind, but sometimes man, your defensive lineman doesn't need to be neutral. Your offensive line doesn't, you need some guys who have some emotion on the team. And I just feel like that team looked emotionless to me. That, that's what that game looked to me. Emotionless. I, I kind of have to go a different direction because I think they were, this is the one time I'm going to say this about the Seahawks and it's really rare is that they got too emotional. Um, I've never seen DK Metcalf yelling at a coach. In, yeah. He's the in, only one. He, he showed some, some, some emotion there, but th- that's the whole team that, that that's it right there. That's why the pick six happened. I mean, like that translated to Pete Carroll to Russell Wilson for the first time, I actually think the Seahawks got too emotional, which is you had a DK Metcalf go in and, and bitch at a coach about not getting the ball. Hear me out. Russell Wilson's going to get you the ball if you're open, right? You're not going to get later in the game. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to not throw it to DK Metcalf, his best weapon, probably. Him and Tyler Lockett, obviously, he's going to get you the ball so if you're open. Um, that translated to Pete Carroll trying to make. Pete Carroll, Schoenheimer, whoever you want to blame it on, and Russell Wilson to get DK Metcalf the ball. And so you tried to force him on a screen pass that was read and jumped for a pick six, and that was the game. I mean, I think without that pick six, we're talking about a closer game. Even at the end when we were coming back, it'd be a closer game. I think the momentum wouldn't have shifted. The Seahawks got too emotional and too stuck to like the stars, right? Our identity is not let Russ cook. In reality, our identity is run the football. It's be a team that is like, is like be a team that is run first, you know, make the right calls. We got out of our identity and became emotional with the Russ, let Russ cook stuff with force DK Metcalf the ball because it's fun. Don't get me started it, on the. So I Russ actually, stuff. I know that you thought it was like emotional list. I think it was too emotional because the too emotional was we tried too hard to be the, the star studded football team rather than be the team that was, hey, we run the ball a lot and mm-hmm. we play hard nosed defense and we shut up and go to work. Right. And I think that's kind of the Seahawks that we all loved is when the offense was kind of not the star studded side. It was the defense. Cause you want your defense to have emotion, like you're saying, but this week our offense got emotional and yeah, that wasn't good. And Pete Carroll already came out now after and said the philosophy for next year. Guess what the philosophy is, George on offense. Let Russ cook. No. What did Pete Carroll okay. say? The philosophy on the offense probably, is the next right, year. I know. Uh, probably run, run first identity. Yes, and that's what we're good at, and I want that, and I've always wanted that, and um, yeah, may, uh, you kind of you kind of change. I I thought maybe I should have said it that way. The defense looked like it had a no emotion, and a lot of the players seemed like they had no emotion, but it seemed like the the most important people 
on the team might have let their emotions get to them, like you said. Pete Carroll by trying to get the ball to DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson by forcing the ball to DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf was complaining. So maybe in that sense, the emotions did get the best of them. But the rest of the team looked like yeah. they were emotionless. Like after the game, it looked like they were, we're done. We're cool. Cool with losing. I almost felt like they were cool with losing. Like they didn't yeah. not care. This, like, I, go ahead. I also think the, the, you know, the crowd noise. No, mm-hmm. the lack of crowd noise plays a big difference with the Seahawks team. Um, you know, I think it plays on both sides of the football for the other team and for us, obviously. I think the Seahawks had never lost a home game in the P. Carroll Russell Wilson area. I don't know if you know that in the, in the playoff. playoff. Yeah. I mean, there were seven and oh, I think in the playoffs at home. It does five, six different things. It keeps the defense motivated. It keeps the offense flowing. It gets the excitement up. It also makes it hard for the opposing team, the opposing coaches, signal calling, um, everything. So I think on both sides, it really affected things. You don't have any highs. You don't have any lows. It's a lot of just, like you said, emotionless, right? Like big hit, cool. Like nothing going on here. And that really killed the Seahawks. So I think the lack of fans on both ends of the football, offensively and defensively, and for the other team, offensively and defensively. I mean, you have a broken finger, Jared Goff, coming into an empty stadium. That's much easier than playing against, like, the 12th man in a rainy Seattle day. And yeah, it hurt I us in the playoffs. Um, it didn't hurt us in the regular season, obviously. We went 7-1 uh, and one at seven home. 7-1. And, and I, I actually think if there were fans in this game, it would be a different story, actually. Like, I think you're right about that. They would have had some crowd noise and people can get behind that and you start winning the football. You might win the football game. It might just be a different game. But I mean, at the end of the day, it looks like I think Sean McVay now has only lost to Pete Carroll twice. And that was on the Greg Zerline missed field goal last year. And uh, this year, uh, the week, what what week did we play the Rams and barely beat them? I forget, week 14, 13. Yeah, week, 14 or 15. Yeah, and it just goes to show, and I think the Rams are, I think, like, just real quick on the Rams, I think the Rams are done. They lose to Green Bay Packers, and this season just is like, hey, wow, Sean McVay is a really good coach. Yeah, this, this Rams team is so stupid. Like, I'm not, I don't know, like, they're, they're like, it, like, they don't matter in this play. Like, the last yeah. team that matters in this playoffs now is the Rams team. If the Seahawks were in the playoff, like, if, honestly, if you look at the, like, uh, remaining eight playoff teams, mm-hmm. uh, if you add the Seahawks, we're talking about all pretty damn good football teams. Like mm-hmm. the Browns, I know the Browns would be like kind of the low end of all, but even the Browns with the, the two of the best running backs in the NFL, Baker Mayfield's good. You had Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Bucks, yep. Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Browns. Now, like without the Seahawks there, and you put in the Rams. The Rams are like the like they might yeah, win just because of Tom McVay. You never know, but like the Rams are like the one team left in this playoffs that are just like, eh. Why are the Rams in there? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But also, I I do have a take. John Walford going out, which even though he was the starter this week and Jared Goff was the emergency quarterback, that was the worst thing that could have happened to the Seahawks. I know, but it's like the opposite of last year where we injured Wentz to like we have an affinity for injuring quarter. (laughs) And Josh McCown coming in in general, like I think. God, our defense is horrible. And Jamal Adams, I know he's really cool, and people love that he talks with a lot of energy in his press conferences and all that, but he was a liability on defense again this week in the passing game. I think I saw a stat that, like, out of their passing yards, like 90% of them went when Jamal Adams was in coverage with, like, an 80% 
uh, completion percentage. Like he's been bad, and that could have been because of injuries. Like, and I think it yeah. is because of injuries. He is going to have surgery this week on his torn labrum that he yep, played through and two broken fingers. <laughs> yeah, and he was a liability, which made him a liability. Unfortunately, yeah. like his injuries did not help him, and it's not. It sucks, man, when you're injured and you can't be as good as you want to be so he's a good player but this year we didn't get the full version of him and that's because of the uh because of injuries yeah and here's the deal now it's that you have to resign him it's going to be costly probably um but they're going to do it and i think they should uh they should do it mm-hmm. but i think no, so one important thing here too is oh go ahead no go ahead uh, i'll pose my question next if it's mine related to him. Okay, go ahead, man. Mine's not related to Jamal Adams. So I said, go okay, ahead. Okay, no, but it's all right. Like, this is going to be a long, longer segment. But is your question related to Jamal Adams? No. Oh. Well, I was going to talk about the defense in general. and we, we have Shaquille Griffin, who is in need of a contract. And a lot of – basically, the reports are we have to basically – pick between Chris Carson and Shaquille Griffin because one was going to have to go. Wise. KJ Wright's contract expired. He actually had a pretty decent season. Uh, I guess my question would be, what is your key here to the Seahawks offseason? I mean, they're going to sign Jamal. There's no way they traded what they traded and they're not going to sign him. Um, yeah. But we saw last year, Davion Clowney, like if somebody asked for too much, they don't do it. And we wasted kind of a lot of picks and trades. But I mean, I think KJ Wright will come on like a hometown discount, but between Shaquille Griffin, Chris Carson, like where do you think the CX need to focus? I mean, I like, a lot Chris of Car- I like Chris Carson, but he's rarely available and highly replaceable. So um, you can go get running backs. We've seen that in the NFL. So you, you keep Griffin and you get rid of Carson. If that's like, you know, one for one, what you have to do. Jamal Adams, you gave up way too much not to have this guy on your roster. So you're going to have to pay the man and sign him. Um, and then you got to shore up the defense in general. You're right. KJ Wright's going to get it. It's going to get a um, hometown discount and you got to find another pass rusher Dunlap. You need to make sure he's coming back. Um, there's a lot of different things you need to do this off season. It's a very interesting off season. And I'm worried that this, our run might, it's going to take a lot, man. You got to fix offensive line. Like we're at the point crossroads here. And I, I think we've made the playoffs every year. I'm worried that we have a down year next year already just because we have so many moves to make in the offseason and so much to improve on. And I feel like we our five if it wasn't for our five and zero start, if we started off like three and two, we might not have been a playoff team this year. Yeah. It, it, but, I mean it's hard to it, judge until we see what the offseason moves are, obviously. Yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to worry about. Um when it comes to the Seahawks off season, but there's a lot to be optimistic about at the same time, which like, like I said, I don't want to do like fake optimism, like, but at the end of the day, we do have Russell. I have Russell. one thing to be optimistic about. We don't have to watch this team play right now. That's good. Okay. Cause the I mean, last six, seven optimism. weeks have been Again. pulling teeth. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I don't feel that way about it necessarily. I mean, the team went 12 and four. So like, I'm not, it sounds like a spoiled brat, rich kid. We complain about a team that goes 12 and four. My point is we have Russell Wilson, who is still a top five to eight quarterback in the NFL. Yep. Sometimes the best quarterback in the NFL in some weeks, and sometimes the you know 10th best quarterback when he's playing bad. But mm-hmm. he wins games. 
It gives us an opportunity to be in a Super Bowl contending position. We've made the yes. playoffs seven out of eight years. So despite whatever goes on in this offseason, at the end of the day, we do have Russell Wilson. So if you put the right pieces around Russell Wilson, which he has the right wide receivers and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and you know, you got a lot of good pieces. If we can get a stable, stable running back, if we can get a stable running back, get some good defensive pieces, the Seahawks have a chance of competing for a Super Bowl and being a winning franchise once again. They're still a winning franchise, but it's just still unfortunate that we are in this really weird place that reminds me of a team that you hate in basketball, which is the Houston Rockets. Yes, I totally agree. We have a superstar, but then we have these kind of gimmicky pieces around, and we win so many games, but then it's like, are you good enough to compete with the best teams? No. I mean, and I it's think like, I saw you even you posted on our San Seattle account. Follow us at San Seattle everywhere on Instagram, Twitter. Um, that w- the Jacksonville Jaguars have more playoff wins than us in the last four years. Yeah, I just posted that today. It was one yeah. of those kind of ones that hit you in a weird way. Like, yeah, well, the Jags did win two straight games to go to. Um, they won two games. I want to know how it works. How many playoff games did the Jacks win? They, they, the they, won, they, only won, they only won two. That means we have one. And that was last year. Yeah, so we haven't won a playoff game outside of last year in four years. Wow. So 2020 playoffs lost. 2019, we won one game against the Eagles, and we lost in 2018. 2017 was the one year we missed the playoffs. So, yeah, our last win – in the last four years outside of that one. So we have one win because the one before that was January 7, 2017. It doesn't feel like that, by the way. Yeah, I... Yeah, that's kind of crazy to think the Jacksonville Jaguars really have more playoff wins than the Seahawks in the last four years. So I know this is why, like I'm saying, you know, you have this splash and we got DK Metcalf, who I, I, I'm so glad. I love him. Love him. Yeah, I love DK Metcalf, and I love Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson, and they are going to put up historic numbers together, but everything else about this team is just doesn't fit right right now. The defense, and um, we have so many good pieces, right? You got Bobby Wagner. Like, what more can you ask for there? You have Jamal Adams. What more can you ask for at that position? You got Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, but you don't have – you just don't have it. You don't have the guys that nobody knows that make the difference, like the offensive right. linemen, the, you know – the the interior i mean we do have some good interior defensive linemen but Uh, you know my point we don't have a lot of the guys that you just don't know that make the big difference absolutely and i totally agree with you there now i have one question to pose for you sammy and i think this is a good way to kind of uh finish off a podcast in general but describe the seattle seahawks season in one word this this season, twenty twenty, it's been a weird well, year. I know with the global pandemic. Do you want me to describe it, including the playoff game? Because if it, the problem is, if you say say yeah, that, the, it's just disappointing. Yeah. Okay, I mean that could but be. Like, but th- that's not. If before the, if you ask me this before the playoff game, regardless of win or loss, I would say overachieving. Okay, I like that. And uh, do you want to? Why do you think it was overachieving? You you really think we overachieved? Yeah, I mean we're not okay. uh, twelve and four. I mean yeah. twelve and four for a That's team a that good point. could not beat the Rams in the playoffs at home with a broken quarterback, quarterback that has pins in his thumb. Uh, to lose to that team, and not just to lose, but to lose in like 
a really like emphatic mm-hmm. manner. Like Russell Wilson can't even get 200 yards, throwing pick sixes. Right. The defense can't stop a quarterback with a broken thumb and pins in his can't even grip the ball correctly. To lose the way they did, it showed that this year was a lot of overachieving and the classic Seahawks like lucky season. Just like you, we got we got what we always get, which is like those games with the random fumbles and the mm-hmm. random interceptions or the random drive at the end. It was extremely overachieving, which I will say, George, mm-hmm. is a great sign because you want your football team to be able to be better than they actually are, right? So this is a this is a good testament on Russell Wilson and on the defense. And I'll say Bobby Wagner, the leader of the defense, and Pete Carroll, who's coaching. Overachieving probably just means that your your effort, your studying, and your hard work is is outdoing your talent, which is a good thing. But I would love for the talent to catch up as well, so we can. If you have the talent and you continue to overachieve, that's how you win Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to go with one word. It's soulless. I feel like this season was soulless from no fans to the identity of a team was absolutely soulless to me. Jesus Christ, man. They've been 12 and four. Yeah, but it was a soulless season. Like there was no, I mean, look, you say overachieved. They were six and four in the last 10 games. That's a team they were. It wasn't that five and zero start. Um, even the way they changed their identity to let Russ cook, the way the defense didn't really seem like it could get after anyone, Jamal Adams coming in um, and being injured the whole time, the just everything. Maybe it's because there's no fans and I didn't you didn't feel the excitement of Century Link, but I, I'd call this a soulless season. Uh, I'm gonna excuse you there and remind you it's called Lumen Field. Lumen, oh my god, maybe that's why I feel like it's soulless. We have to change our name to Lumen Field. That was only halfway through, though. Actually, we did do bad second half. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, we've been bad since Lumen Field. You're right, but we have been bad since Lumen Field changed its name. We were, or changed the name to Lumen Field. I do want to mention, though, like you know, we still, I mean, we put up 459 points this year. Mm-hmm. as an offense, which is quite impressive. I mean, Russell Wilson threw 40 touchdowns. That's, you know, second in the NFL. They, you know, offensively, let's see where we ranked offensively in points. Because uh, I guess that was what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eighth in points. The only offenses we were behind, George, were the Ravens, Chiefs, Saints, Titans, Bucks, Bills, and Packers. All teams that are okay, outside of Titans, and us, Titans. all teams that are yeah, Titans and us, outside of that is one, two, three, four, five, six out of the eight remaining playoff teams. So mm-hmm. we have the right pieces on offense. Defensively, we obviously need to make some changes. Uh, you know, I, I think we ended up the year doing a lot better, but we still were in the middle of of the pack on points allowed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think once we get those things together, it can help you come up with more of an identity on offense. Cause I know one problem we had this year on offense was that when the defense was bad for part of the season, we had to just let Russ cook on offense. And that's why we were getting the points, but we were also not stopping anybody. So I think there needs to be a clear direction like we've been talking about, about figuring out the right pieces on defense, not just big name pieces, but the right pieces to help the offense get back to that run first identity. And then Russell Wilson can get back to being Russell Wilson, not playing hero ball.
Yeah, and I, I can't stand the hero ball. I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that, and people don't like it yeah. sometimes. I that that I that I criticize Russell Wilson, but I don't think it's really his fault at times. Like they ask him sometimes to do way too much, and I hate when we do that because that's not how this team wins football games. They never won this way. We've seen ourselves be more successful when we've done it the other way. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, man. Uh, I will say though. An exciting season of like, you know, we had a lot of optimism coming into things with picking up Carlos Dunlap and Jamal Adams and kind of adding pieces. Josh Gordon at one point, but never came back. There was a lot of optimism, and I hope we get the right signings this offseason so we can go into next year with somewhat of a positive outlook on, you know, where the direction this team's going to go. Because couldn't, couldn't agree I, more. I wouldn't want to look back 10 years from now and say, man, we had Russell Wilson for 15 years. We went to two Super Bowls in his first like five years, one, one blue one. And then just, then, Never you know, went back. I, I don't want, I don't want the Drew Brees, the Aaron Rodgers. I don't want that where, I mean, you look at Drew Brees, career now, man, like it's kind of unfortunate that he's, you know, he's 42 years old and he's been dominant for 15, 20 years. And it's one Super Bowl. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's a lot more of those stories than the Tom Brady stories where they win, you know, six Super Bowls or multiple Super Bowls in general. I mean, you get a lot more of those stories, and that's because sometimes an organization, when they have a good quarterback, they end up paying the good quarterback, and then you start having weaker units in other places. And the, Except Tom Brady, because he takes pay cuts, and then they still yeah, don't pay people, the other units. And people... And people criticize them for, yeah. for still. And, and, but, and then they still yeah. don't pay the other units for some reason. Yeah, they do. They're fine. Not they pay the right defense. Yeah. And they pay the right players. Um, that's why they won six Super Bowls. And, and you see even a team like the New York Giants winning two Super Bowls with Eli Manning because Eli Manning can get paid like the tenth or eleventh best quarterback in the NFL, not the best. Exactly. And get all those pieces. And the random guys like Eli Manning will win two Super Bowls while you have Guys like Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers fighting for their second late, late, late in their career. Exactly. Well, much love. Uh, what a great Seahawks season. Uh, for those that are listening on the Seahawks pod, thanks for tuning in. And those on the full pod here, uh, make sure you guys check us out everywhere. On Seattle, it's at Sont Seattle, S-O-N-T Seattle on all platforms. That's Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, um, everywhere you go. You can find us on anything and everything for our main brand at the sports on tap.com or at the sports on tap. Um, that's on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, everywhere as well. Um, and not at your local I'm, grocery store, just to let you know, everywhere true. online that has social media, everywhere on the everything. internet and on the Google on the world yeah, wide web. Yeah. Don't go to your local, uh, Walmart. You're not going to find us there. Yeah. Not at your local Walmart. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that for people who don't know. And you can find us at, at pod that on Instagram and Twitter uh, for the podcast. And don't forget, uh, George and I can be found everywhere as well. At Sammy on tap, it's S-A-I on tap. And you got George on tap on all platforms as well. Perfect, man. Much love. Uh, we like to say we're the best brothers in sports. I know the Manning brothers have a, you know, a little bit to say about that, but they don't get a say on this show. No, because we filed the patent before them, baby. I, there's actually no patent, so don't make people go look that up. Go look it up. Take your time. Do it while we listen no to this patent. podcast. 
Much love. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And this is Sports on Tap. And this is Sports Radio. Redefined. Peace.